You're listening to the Gavel and Pestle Podcast with Darshan Kulkarni. The Gavel and Pestle Podcast, where the law of the land intersects with the business of pharmacy. Hey, this is Darshan. Just before uh, you listen to the podcast, make sure you remember, this is not legal advice. This is also not medical advice, and um, it's not construction advice, so don't take construction advice from me. Also, this does not create an attorney-client relationship, so don't be saying that I just gave you legal advice again. Talk to a lawyer who knows you that can give you advice that's right for you. Thanks again. Keep listening. We'll talk soon. Hey, Pharmacy Podcast. I am your host, Darshan Kulkarni, your pharmacy lawyer buddy with the marketing ex go-to guy. Todd Yuri. Todd, are you on? I am here. Welcome back to the Pharmacy Podcast Network's Gavel and Pestle Podcast. Excited to be here, Darshan. How have you been? I've been great, Todd, and I've been sort of enjoying the response that we've been getting with our last podcast, the talk for the podcast where we talked about buying a pharmacy. Um, have you been getting the same response I have? I have. We'll get it through Twitter, through LinkedIn, uh, lots of good feedback. May 9th. Um, we recorded three tips of for buying a pharmacy, episode 426, and you had some great ideas, Darshan. We so much appreciate the license, the recommended agreements, the regulations, what auditing means to the pharmacy in this process. So today I'm excited about the subject, and um, uh, it's like a Christmas, uh, it's like morning of Christmas trying to open up this present, but since it's your show, I'll let you open up the, the topic for this show. So, so speaking of Christmas, we're now talking about going from being the kid at Christmas, getting the gift, to being Santa Claus and giving the gift. How do I actually go and try to tell Santa to buy my present, to buy my pharmacy? How do you sell a pharmacy? And this is the business we're in. This is how you decide, if you are a pharmacy owner, what is it that you need to know? to make sure that you sell your pharmacy at the best price possible so that you can walk away into the sunset with a bag with a bag money with like this is with, with $100 bills and you can walk away. So, we're going to discuss three tips to do that. I have at this moment at least got 14. If you want the other ones reach out to Todd and let's do a, a recap of this show and then add more. But until then, we're going to discuss only three. Todd, what wait, at Christmas? What is your big thing? What are the what is it that you worry about when, if you when you were a kid and you were getting toys? What were the things you worried about when um, when when Santa got those for you and you're opening up those presents? So number one, what I wasn't worried about was getting a fidget spinner. Um, I can't stand those things. So <laughs> anybody that has kids with fidget spinners, I don't get it. But so my number one present. Ever, I think was in 1979 or 1980 when Santa Claus brought me the Millennium Falcon. The Millennium Falcon was the number one toy. So nice. During those times, um, it was hard to sleep. I got up at 2 in the morning, 4 in the morning, 6 in the morning, told back to go, go back to bed every time. But that anticipation of knowing that I had an opportunity to get something that I dreamed about. And I think of pharmacy students. I think of fresh pharmacy employees who have just started their career, coming out of an internship, coming out of a residency, starting to work for a national chain, putting three years, four years, five years in, having a dream of owning their own pharmacy. They get there, they build it, it becomes pride, it becomes part of the community. 
And now it's time to go to the next level in your life, in the succession of this entity, and that is selling this pharmacy. So I I really think this is going to be a special show, and I think it's uh, meaningful. There's a lot of emotion in it. I think that you, Darshan, bring something very special to this episode because you're a lawyer and you're a pharmacist, and you can help a pharmacy owner remove the um, the impact and the barriers of emotion of what it takes to sell your pharmacy in order to maximize the profitability and the value of that store and of that entity and of that business. So, Darshan, I'm excited about this. I know. So, I, I'm really happy to be here, Todd. This is going to be amazing. So, wh- what I'm what I've been sort of thinking about is I was taking that same Christmas analogy you gave, and what I was thinking about was well, when I was a kid at Christmas. What I would worry about is that the the toy that I get, the Millennium Falcon, if you will, I don't want that that piece which is all broken up. It's all sort of crappy on the inside. The box looks good. I can look at the box and go, that's going to be awesome. My friends are going to be jealous. I'm going to get the really nice fancy box. And then you open it up and it's all broken up. And that's the number one worry of anyone who's buying your pharmacy. They don't want to buy... That, get that fresh piece of paper saying you now own a pharmacy, and now you go in to play with your Millennium Falcon, with your new pharmacy um, location, and you find out that everything in there is jacked up. And that's what you want to start thinking about. Number one, start thinking about what your buyer wants to see. What is your buyer's number one concern? So the, the first thing you want to do is talk to your buyer. Find out why the buyer is buying the business. Are they worried about, for example, the sales? Then maybe what you really want to start thinking about is um, what do your financials look like? What do your reimbursements look like? What do your contracts allow for? So yeah, that's your number one thing. Maybe they're worried about HR issues. So um, maybe they're thinking about, well, you know what? Todd is the best pharmacist we've ever had. What if Todd leaves? Maybe you need to start thinking about your employment agreements. What do those employment agreements include? What will allow Todd to leave? Why should we, how do we make Todd stay? So that that would be your number one and number two issues. Speaking to your potential buyer, if you are the seller for pharmacy, talking to Santa Claus, if you will, telling Santa, why don't you buy my Millennium Falcon? Because my Millennium Falcon is the best one out there. That's going to be your number one thing. So, so Todd, when you talk, I, I know you do a whole bunch of these uh, podcasts. Here's my question for you. When you were talking to the other people who are doing this, what have you found to be the number one concern when they are trying to buy a pharmacy? Why is it that more people don't go buying a pharmacy in your opinion? So I think that there is initially a fear of failure from a financial perspective in buying the wrong pharmacy based on things like location, the simplicity of enough parking spaces, the simplicity of what the pharmacy's reputation is in the community, as well as the exterior um, competitive um, aspects of how close am I to a national chain or a grocery store uh, pharmacy regardless. So I think I've, I've heard these new 
um, buyers um, all ask kind of the same questions, which has been interesting uh, that that it all falls into different buckets. So I I really like the fact that you're bringing maturity to the process, Darshan, and you're building this uh, outline per se that gives a pharmacy buyer slash the education to the seller um, how to set up their pharmacy to make it shine, but also for it to be real, that it's transparent. Because if, right. if, I'm, a, if, I'm, a, if I'm a buyer and you're giving me all of the information without me having to ask you for it, and it's already prepared, it's beautiful, it's put into spreadsheets, it's, it's all there, five years, seven years, whatever amount of data that you want to show them, that kind of preparation is just um, that's going to get you more money for selling your pharmacy than not being prepared and scrambling because if you scramble and your and your buyer sees you scrambling in order to gather that information and it's not ready employment contracts uh, um, payer contracts um, little con- you know, contracts and agreements between you and the actual community nursing home um, nursing agencies, hospital systems, whatever it is that you're doing, if you can deliver this to your buyer, your pharmacy has now increased in value. I agree 100%, Todd. Um, Todd, I think I'm going to make you a consultant to my law firm because you know exactly the issues <laughs> that these guys need to be hearing about. So I, I think, Todd, what you pointed out was the best parts about buying and selling a pharmacy, which is everyone has fear of commitment. And what, the, what they're worried about is, will I make the wrong choice? And in making that wrong choice, what you have to be worried about is number one, if I am the buyer, I'm gonna be worried about transparency. So why don't you, as the seller, help fix that transparency issue? So to, to, do the, um, to be transparent, it's not simply a case of saying, you can have everything I have. The big concern is you may not have everything that that person wants, in the format that they want. And that's a huge issue. So the number one thing I would recommend is doing a self audit. Go back, look at what you have, and then start listing what is it that you want to sell and what is it that you want to keep. Now, a lot of my clients have come back and said, oh no, 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 I just want to sell everything, I just want to move on. And yet I found that that's not always the case. You'll find people who say, I want to sell everything except I'd like to keep that car because my car is something I also use for my personal life, so that's not included. Or you might say that, you know what, I, I'm going to sell everything except my wife is the main pharmacist and she's coming with me. And that's fine, except now that the, you're doing that, that changes the everything that you're giving because the, the new seller, um, the, the new buyer is not gonna come in and get exactly the pharmacy you have right now. So you should go make a list, as a self audit, of what is it that you wanna uh, give on, what is it that you're gonna keep, and what is gonna be sort of the uh, medium to short term things that you might keep on. For example, maybe you and your wife say that you'll work for an extra six months to get the new seller, or sorry, new buyer settled in. That might be one of the things you offer. So you wanna do your self audit. The next thing you wanna do is you wanna take that self audit and you wanna put it into what's called a data room. A data room is typically anything from a Dropbox folder to a Google Drive folder to might might even be an actual file. And what you have in there is all the documentation that would be good for a buyer to get. 
So what is it that I, as a buyer, want to see? Well, just turn to page 12, it's in the Dropbox folder. Now, one of the big things, um, and there are strategies with this. For example, let's say there's a, um, your, your pharmacy has a problem. What, what you don't ever want to be in as a, um, as a lawyer now, I'd say that one of the things you never want to do is you never want to be in a situation where you're not disclosing things. So what you want to be thinking about is how do I give all this information to them? So you want to be as upfront as possible. You don't want someone coming in after the fact and saying, oh, you know what? That was never disclosed to me. This whole pharmacy that you sold to me, the entire contract is null and void because you did not tell me a material defect in your pharmacy. And I've been in those situations. And, and that's always disheartening because the seller took a lot of time, made a lot of, put a lot of money getting to that next piece. The next thing that people often worry about and don't think about is how is this buyer going to look at my data? Well, they're just gonna come look at the data. It's not a big deal. It's, it's not a huge deal. Well, think about the fact that you have confidential patient data that this buyer could be looking at. That should be setting off triggers, Todd. What kind of issue should, we, should you be thinking about? Should be thinking about patient confidentiality. You need to be thinking about HIPAA. You need to make sure that you allow this person to have access and they are signing an HIPAA agreement with you. So make sure you have that in place. Todd, you talked about the next thing. Kudos to you. This person, your buyer, is gonna be thinking about, well, how do I make sure that the, this is the right pharmacy? Number one, maybe you wanna put a paint job on your pharmacy. Maybe a nice, fresh paint job, trim your hedges, and then do that virtually as well. Go back, trim your hedges, find out exactly how much money you have. Trim your hedges, find out exactly how much money you expect to make in the next three to five years. If your buyer comes in, what is a realistic number that they should be able to get? You, uh, the, In your head, you might wanna be realistic, pessimistic, and optimistic. Obviously, if I was selling my pharmacy, I wouldn't be thinking about the most pessimistic version. I'd be thinking about the more realistic and optimistic versions. Um, we talked about this, Todd, as well. Making sure that you have employment agreements with all. Do I need it with, for example, a cleaner? Maybe, maybe not. Un for example, let's say you're doing, you're making hazardous drugs in your pharmacy. Well, in that case, maybe you do want to make sure you have your cleaning, uh, cleaning people's contracts in place. Because if you're making hazardous drugs, you do have to be aware that cleaning is a huge component of this. Maybe uh, your pharmacy is always in trouble. Maybe you want to make sure your lawyer is always available. Maybe your pharmacy is, um, is one of those places that's the pillar of the com community and turns out as the pillar of the community, your pharmacist is the person who represents your business. Your pharmacist is a 25-year-old kid. Um, your pharmacist is a 35-year-old pharmacist. The 45-year-old guy is still looking to stay on, making sure that they're happy, making sure you have your HR contracts in place, making sure that they want to be on, making sure that they are vested in this process as much as you. And maybe maybe there are ways to set that up. Maybe you, you offer some kind of uh, bonus for them, but you want to get those pieces settled in because the last thing you want is your new buyer coming in and then finding out that these things are going to uh, unsettle. Um, Todd, do you ever watch Shark Tank? I do. I like that show. Me too. Um, have you, do, what do you think about Mr. Wonderful? 
I think he's kind of a, a jerk, but he's the. I think he's the best on the show. I think he brings the most uh, value from a perspective of really understanding businesses. I think he's a visionary as that person is proposing their business to these guys. I think he's three or four steps ahead from the other sharks. And even though he's a jerk, I just think that he he's brilliant. I agree. Now, now, now here's the thing I like about Mr. Wonderful, uh, to the same point you are making. One of the things he always looks at is how much risk he has to take to invest in your product. And that's the exact same question your buyer is wondering. What is the risk he has to take? So if you are selling, your job is to minimize risk. How do you ensure that person taking the product from you, in this case, the how do you ensure that there's minimal risk, that the numbers you're showing today are the numbers that they will have tomorrow. So getting those audits in place, getting that uh, that financial data together, getting your HR stuff together, those would be the critical pieces. Todd, um, what we're gonna do is, I know that there are several more things we can talk about, but I just want to talk about the first three. So those are, those are gonna be our top three. And we're gonna do a, a follow-up, talking about some more next time around. But what I want you to do is maybe you can reach out and ask people, what are the things that they would like to have? What are the nightmare scenarios they have had when um, when they try to buy or sell their pharmacy? Because I think that we are gonna be able to add to this. Maybe we can interview some um, some buyers and some sellers of a pharmacy and find out what, what their experiences were. And that's gonna be a fun conversation to have. So you guys, I wanna hear from you guys. Tweet me at FDA Lawyers. Tweet Todd. Todd, what, what is your handle? It's at Pharmacy Podcast. At Pharmacy Podcast, at FDA Lawyers. Tweet us, message us, LinkedIn us. We want to hear from you. And then we're going to talk about our next set of three things you should be doing during selling a pharmacy. I want to mention yeah. before we go, there's an element to selling your pharmacy. Those sellers who have patience... Those sellers who are creative, those sellers who are detailed-oriented, those are the sellers that are going to maximize the value of their pharmacy, which now brings us full circle to when I very first started saying, if you remove the personal element of don't take it personally, it's business. Mr. Wonderful, for example, on Shark Tank, he doesn't take it personal. People have told him on the Shark Tank right to his face that he's a jerk and he can get upset and stuff like that. But ultimately, to minimize his risk, he doesn't take it personally. So as hard as it is with you growing this pharmacy from the first brick possibly, maybe you even built the pharmacy. But from that first brick, um, whether it be an actual brick or whether it be just the the relationship that you've grown with with the community that's been there, there is value to that. However... You need to be patient. You need to think of creative ways of selling. You need to think of creative ways of financing. You need to think of creative ways of bringing your wholesaler into the deal. So these are all things, Darshan, that we've definitely got to do a follow-up show on. And actually, I'd like to bring a, um, a pharmacy owner on the show who has actually bought and sold a pharmacy. I like it. Let's do that as our next one, Todd. I'm really excited. And may- maybe, if someone's lucky... If someone reaches out to us on Twitter, maybe you can be on this podcast with us. Excellent. That's a great idea, Darshan. So, guys, we're going to sign off. Uh, This is going to be a tight little podcast, but we want to do more quick, 
jab, a uh, quick jab like you're in a boxing ring. These are going to be quick. Get us to the point, and then we're going to do a follow-up one soon. So stay tuned. Come back on. Todd, we're going to do this again soon. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. You were listening to Darshan Kulkarni, host of the Gavel and Pestle Podcast. And we thank you for listening. Hey, this is Darshan. Thanks for listening in. I really want to talk to you. Reach out to me on Twitter. I'm at, at FDA Lawyers. You can also find me on LinkedIn at Darshan Kulkarni. And if you want to find me any other way, well, start with Twitter, but you can always email me as well. Darshan at conformlaw.com. Thanks for listening in. I'm really excited to hear from you.